Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome back to Happily Ever Random again. I'm Troy. And I'm Jenny. And here we go. We're ready to get going with another episode. Yay! Sorry it is a little late, guys. Uh, Jenny got sick. So, and I am still getting over it a little bit. So, if you hear a few sniffles, I do apologize. Just going to say try that. Try right to front. not do it, though. I'm going to try. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. But also, quick disclaimer on my end, my dog is in the room with me. So if oh, you hear little cl- clicky clacks in the background, that's him walking around. <laughs> I need to get his nails trimmed. <laughs> so, um, one thing, real quick, Jen, uh, you had a little bit something kind of exciting and new that just that we did. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to say? Or you want me yes, to? we did new video clips. We're starting something new. So we have, we've started recording on Riverside. Um, and so with that, we're able to make like look cute, excuse me, cool little video clips. So with the last episode that we had with Justin, I was able to make a whole bunch of them. And really I made like a ton to be perfectly honest. You did almost the whole episode. <laughs> but that, it just had a bunch of really great moments. So mm-hmm. um, I posted them all to our account our tiktok account so go check them out guys they're really really cool um we will be doing that from now on it probably won't be as many as from that episode (laughs) from now on but we'll be doing that from now on you know so go check them out and i'm looking forward to that it definitely was cool to have something new yeah i'm just it it's kind of like the same feeling like in the beginning i didn't know how i felt about hearing myself all the time yeah but now I don't know how I feel about seeing myself <laughs> listen to myself. I was really nervous because I've, I've been on TikTok for, you know, over a year, two years now, but I've never been in like on TikTok, you know, like mm-hmm. in an actual video. Like I've just watched it, watch videos Same. on TikTok. So I was really, just really scroll. nervous to like put myself out there. But mm-hmm. we received really positive feedback on them. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, for the first time doing it, we got a few comments on on some of the videos. Yeah. It was cool. Yeah. So finally, some interaction that we've been I looking know. for. I'm so excited. <laughs> but but this episode, guys, Troy is probably a little scared to be perfectly honest. It's one that we've kind of been talking up about, um, seeing if Jenny can make it into one episode, or if we have to split it into two. I hope you made it into one episode. I was. I was <laughs> able to get my notes down. So we are going back in our Harry Potter series, and it is Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Did you like my little wand I did like that. That was very cute. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the sixth book, sixth movie. Disclaimer right up front, if you have not seen any of the movies or other books. Where have you been? Big spoil. Well, where have you been? First of all. Big spoilers. I'm not going to say spoilers ever again in this episode. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But especially if you're a movie fan only you're going to hear a lot of differences that you don't know about from the books so just fyi you'll be in it just like me yeah so um but let's go ahead and get started are you ready Mm -hmm. all right so i think it's kind of funny that you know when i try to look up the plot to like write it down on our notes so we know kind of what to say (laughs) (laughs) It has like two different things written out for the book and the movie, even though it's like the same story, you know? 
So hmm. the movie plot says the story follows Harry's sixth year at Hogwarts as he receives a mysterious textbook, falls in love, and attempts to retrieve a memory that holds the key to Lord Voldemort's downfall. And the book, the book one is similar, but it's just a little different, you know. It says, set during Harry Potter's sixth year at Hogwarts, the novel explores the past of the boy wizard's nemesis, Lord Voldemort, and Harry's preparations for the final battle against Voldemort along his head, alongside his headmaster and mentor, Albus Dumbledore. So it's a little bit different because it does talk about, you know, exploring the past of Voldemort yeah. a little more. Is in the book, is it actually him preparing for the fight? Not like in I a physical like, sense. Okay, as I was going to say, in the movie, it didn't seem like that at all. No, not like in a physical sense. Not like boot camp or something. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but in like a intellectual kind of way. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, but there is like on the, if you look at the back of the book, like the summary on the back of the book, there's a part on the back that I love. It says, as in all wars, life goes on. I just love that line. I just think it sounds so cool. Um, Makes me think of Jurassic Park. Life finds a way. Yeah. <laughs> but it says the Weasley twins expand their business. Sixth year students learn to apparate and lose a few eyebrows in the process. Teenagers flirt and fight and fall in love. Classes are never straightforward, though Harry receives some extraordinary help from the mysterious half-blood prince. So, but I just love the fact that it says, as in all wars, life goes on, you know, because mm-hmm. it kind of reminds you, like, they are basically in a war already. They Even might though, not know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> so, really cool. But, mm-hmm. um, but before we actually go into any kind of discussion about anything else i do want to make it clear i know i've kind of shit on this movie in previous discussions (laughs) and like i've said that it's not one of my favorites that they you know they've changed so much they've bastardized it basically (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i want to make it clear it's not that i don't like the movie okay i do i actually really do like this movie it's a fun movie and for a movie only fan I can see why it would be one of the top movies in the series for them. You know, mm-hmm. I just, for someone like me that is so such a devout book fan. <laughs> yes. I wanted to join in. Sorry. <laughs> I just have a really hard time with it because there are certain things from the book that were taken out that were kind of like pillars of the story. You know, like the movie to me can't function fully as a standalone film for someone that, who has read the book. Because there was so much left out. There are pillars that hold up the narrative that have been removed wholesale and shift the meaning of the story and change the motivation of the characters completely. So it it could have worked as a great (laughs) rom-com, like a teen rom-com. Have you seen the video that people have, uh, somebody did online of they like used sections of the movie and like basically turned it into like a trailer for a teen rom-com? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, you've got to find it. It's great. (laughs) Um, but that part of the movie worked great, you know, like the romance and everything, but Mm -hmm. some of the changes in it, like the relationship between Harry and Dumbledore or why the film was even called the half-blood prince or the setting up of the Horcrux plot for the Deathly Hallows, those changes take away the very essence of the story, the core mythology of it. And the core mythology of the story of the movie is what didn't really work great for someone that knows 
so much of the story yeah. from the book. Do you, you do know? you think some do you think they made some of these changes just for like time restraints? I mean, you have to. Well, you like, know? obviously, but I, I mean, mean, if it's such a big deal in the book, why wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, you have to change some things. You have to take things out for time time constraints. I get that, but there were things in that they did put in the movie that are like. Okay, you could have left that out and included this instead. You know what I mean? Like I can't I can't tell you something off the top of my head. I could probably do it once we get further into this. <laughs> but there were a lot of instances like that that were like, okay, this was not really needed. You could have left this out, we could have included this instead. You know? Yeah. So, but but I did just want to kind of make a point there to say that it's not that I don't like the movie. I do really like this movie. It's just, I have a hard time with it because mm-hmm. they changed so much and left so much yeah. out because it's my favorite book. Yeah. And I don't know if you're going to mention this later on or not, mm-hmm. but it just, it's on the top of my head. So I wanted to say it before I forget it. Um, when you say like things they could have left out of the movie and added something else, what was the real point of the whole Ron becoming a Quidditch player like arc in the movie. And that that's actually not something that I'm going to talk about and I have in my book or my notes. Um, Cause honestly, it seems like that doesn't really have besides just the, the rom-com like mm-hmm. relief, I guess. So in the books, but... he actually became part of the team in the order of the Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like the and so let me is that when Jenny is that when Jenny also becomes part of the team because since when has she played no I think that she didn't become part of the team until Half-Blood Prince in the book well in Half-Blood Prince the movie she's doing the tryouts with Harry I know um (laughs) I'd have to go back and look I don't really remember but um but he became part of the team in Order of the Phoenix and there was like this whole thing about how like he was really bad and it, but it wasn't like he was actually bad. It was just like his confidence, you know? Mm-hmm. And like the Slytherin team, like made up this like whole song called like the weasel King and like, yeah, I remember you talking fun about of that him before. and all this and like ended up like Harry he actually, and like, friend ran George, with it or something. Harry friend George ended up getting into a fight with Draco because of this song and like Umbridge, like, banned them from Quidditch for life. Yeah, I remember you talking about really that. really was just while Umbridge the was there. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he, Ron ended up, like, turning that song around, and the Gryffindors used it as, like, we- Weasley is our king, like, as, in a good way, because he became good, and, like, he helped them win and all this. And so it was just kind of like a small, tiny little side plot in Order of the Phoenix. And so then in Half-Blood Prince, it was, like, when... Harry gets to be made captain. He's like, uh, you know, in trials, Ron's like, Oh, I guess I got to try out. You're not just going to let me back on. Ha <laughs> ha. You know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then that whole thing with like the other keeper happens and like Hermione confunding him and all this, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of one of those small little side plots that happen in the book that they, okay. they include. Yeah. Just cause like I said, in the movie, it doesn't really add to the actual plot. Yeah. I'm assuming it's just that, like I said, relief from the how this movie starts to go dark for the series. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming mm-hmm. that's what the point of it in the movie is. Yeah. Yeah. So. 
I was just wondering. Like I said, top of my head, just want to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Um, Jen, this first one with the book to movie changes, make sure not to go on for 18 different points for each one. <laughs> I only have five for each one. Wow. You kept it below I 10. I So what I did, How you hard was make that? so much fun of me. So like three weeks ago, I started doing my notes or like a month ago. And so what I did was like, I literally sat there with a word document open and like, and what I did was I used the, you know, that podcast I told you I love binge mode. Mm-hmm. I used, I, I listened to their episode that they did over the movie Half-Blood Prince and they talk about, you know, best and worst movie changes. And then I literally took the book and would like skim through the entire thing. Cause you know, I told you that I have highlights and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I would look through all my highlights and see what I wanted to include. And I literally spent three weeks typing up all of my notes that I wanted to include for every category, not just best and worst changes. And I had like 10 pages in the end. God. <laughs> You're a nerd. It took me so, and then finally I had to be like, okay, I've got to, I've got to, cause they weren't in order at all. It was just like, I just wrote stuff out, you know, like type stuff out, like this was cool or I liked this or this is a bad change or this was a cool moment, you know? So then I had to go and like put them in order of the categories. <laughs> so that took me like a week <laughs> to figure that out. <laughs> God. So I finally got it all in order. And then I looked at it and I'm like, there's like 10 worst changes and like seven best changes. I'm like, I've got to narrow this down. Troy's going to kill me. Well, so I kind of went through and I was like, what, what can I look at as I didn't like it as a change, but I, I don't have to consider it as worst, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of went through that and I was like, what is the absolute worst things that I have to include? And so that's kind of how I did it. And so I like just went through and num- I literally numbered everything on the word document. <laughs> so I knew like the order that they needed to go in. Well, let's let's get cracking so, on these. Start listing them off. Let's go. All right. So, <laughs> so are you going real quick? Are you going like your least that you the one that you think least to most, no. or is it just they're in any order? I typically typically when I do these, I do them in chronological order. Okay. Of the story. Mm-hmm. So, I but just figured that's the best. You need to tell me. Here. You need to tell me what is the absolute worst in your mind, though. Oh, I will. Okay. I will. Um, but I'm doing best change first. Mm-hmm. Um, Luna finding Harry in the train at the beginning instead of Tonks, I liked. Because in the book, Tonks finds him. Because she's, you know, she's an or. Who is Tonks? Nymphadora Tonks. Oh. The one that changes her hair color, you know? I didn't know that was her last name. That's what they call her, yeah. That's what okay. she goes by is Tonks. Never knew that. Um, but she's an Auror, and she's been assigned to, like, the Hogsmeade Hogwarts area. And so she ends up finding Harry on the train. But I liked changing it to Luna because, one, it kind of added on to their friendship, you know, their bond. And there's really just not enough time in the movie to introduce the entire Tonks plot. So I didn't mind leaving that out. Because, mm-hmm. like, in the book is where it's introduced about the whole... Tonks and Lupin thing. Okay. And like how Tonks, because, you know, at 
the Christmas scene at the borough that all of a sudden Tonks and Lupin are just together. And you're like, when the fuck did this happen? <laughs> just assumed it. It's been a while. Yeah. So, but it actually, it, it goes through the whole thing in the book. Okay. But you don't really have enough time in the movie to, to introduce that whole thing. Yeah. So I was okay with that. Plus, I loved the Raxperts <laughs> with Luna, with her little glasses. And that's how she knows Harry's theirs because mm-hmm. she sees the Raxperts. I'm like, I love that. I just love Luna. So can we also just uh acknowledge the fact of how brutal that was of Draco? Oh my god, I know. He's unconscious oh. and he just bam. Well he's not unconscious, he's just frozen. Well, yeah, frozen. Same, same. <laughs> <laughs> same, same, but same different. Same. <laughs> Do you know what that's from? No. It's from the movie uh The Interview. I've never with, seen it. With James Franco and uh Seth Rogan. I've never seen it. It's one of those stupid like comedy. Yeah, well, I mean, Seth Rogen and James Franco. I I don't know if you like that kind of comedy or not, (laughs) but it's funny because they're talking to the to the Koreans when they're there, Mm -hmm. and James Franco is like, "We are same, same, but different." (laughs) (laughs) So say they're all people, but they look different. It was funny. Yeah, I figured that. (laughs) Okay, don't make me feel stupid. Sorry. Anyways, um, go on. Okay. Um, I like the change to how Harry gets the textbook, the potions textbook. Um, how like him and Ron, how Slughorn just kind of tells them like, yeah, there's extras in the cupboard. You can go get one. And then like Harry and Ron, like almost like wrestling over the good mm-hmm. one. Because in the book, like Harry was just handed one and it was just by chance that he ended up with the Half-Blood Prince book. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like that it was it almost like he character. had a choice that he received it. And I like that Ron ended up with like the nice version because for him, it was like this treat for him to get the nice one, you know, because mm-hmm. he had grown up with all secondhand items all his life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just really like that whole like wrestling thing with them. Cause that's just like true teenage boy shit. Oh yeah, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> like I Me can see you friends... and your friends doing shit yeah, like that. Abs- like even to this day. <laughs> I was just about to say I'm 30 years old and I would still fight my friend for something. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, another typical teenage boy thing that I really loved, which was not in the book, was when Harry and Hermione are in the library, and Hermione is telling Harry about. Ramil Devane and the love potion and she's like really? he, he's all, she's only interested in you because you're the chosen one and he goes I am the chosen one <laughs> and she yeah. smacks him on the head I just love his interest in it when nope. he she tells him he's like really yeah <laughs> like, any any teenage boy going through that change and being a little little horn dog is always exactly. gonna be like seriously because you don't really see that side of him you know, because he's kind of like an awkward teenager. The only two you know? times I can remember is that one, and then in the beginning of the movie, when he's talking with that waitress at that coffee shop. Which is so stupid, by the way. I'll get into that later. Oh. <laughs> I mean, for the movie, I liked it. If I wasn't a book fan, I would like it, but I still think it's dumb. I mean, one of the, one of the notes that I made, I was like, what happened to his date? I know. Dumbledore <laughs> is the back. biggest cock block. <laughs> Um, but speaking of Dumbledore, this one makes me laugh. Um, another good change that I liked was when Ron is in the hospital after he's been poisoned 
I like that Lavender was there when Ron says Hermione's name. Mm-hmm. Like when she runs in and is like, where's my one one? Mm-hmm. And then um, she, you know, her and Hermione have like that whole standoff. And she's like, I guess I have to break up with him because he's been poisoned. And he's all, he's only, you're only interested in him because he's all interesting. And she's like, he's been poisoned, you deaf dimbo. <laughs> and the adults are just standing there watching. Like yeah. they're just like, fuck is going on <laughs> and Dumbledore even like makes a comment on it like about love's keen stain or something like that mm-hmm. I think it's hilarious in this I feel like in this movie there's a few instances of like situations like that with the adults and mm-hmm. one of them is one of my favorite parts so I'll mention that later yeah I love that but- I I just think it really it adds to the the meaning I mean for one like having lavender there and like that whole standoff between her and Hermione I mean it just kind of adds to like the meaning of Hermione and Ron's relationship and like them finding finding their feelings for each other you know and like finally realizing it but the it brings kind of comedy into it with the adults you know Mm -hmm. so I really like that Um, but my last good change was when Harry is about to get the final memory from Slughorn and Slughorn tells him the uh, Francis Fish story about, you know, how he came downstairs with the, the bowl with water in it and a mm-hmm. flower petal. And, you know, it transformed, in, it was transformed into a fish. And he says the flower petal was from a lily. He says, your mother. He says, the day I came downstairs, the day the bowl was empty, was the day your mother, and then just kind of stops talking. And it obviously the day your mother died. And I just really, I think that's just really, really lovely and sentimental. And it really shows the bond he had with Lily mm-hmm. because that wasn't in the book. That was a movie at addition. And I, I really, really liked it. I just thought it was really sweet. Mm-hmm. So, okay. What did you think of that moment? Did you like that? I mean, I know you haven't read the book obviously, but do you like it just <laughs> in general? <laughs> yeah, no, it, in not only does it show the connection that he had with Lily, but it also shows, I guess, kind of like the sympathy towards Harry. Yeah. And what Harry's gone through, especially mm-hmm. when Harry says that, you know, the reason he's alive is because of his mother's love. Right. So just putting those two together, it, it did have a good, like, showing yeah. in, the, in the movie. Yeah. All right. You ready for the worst channels? Depends. <laughs> is it about the same number as the good? It's only five. I mean, I might go on for a few minutes about the first one because it's That's the fine. worst one. But That's fine. So they are in chronological order. But you did ask me to tell you which one I thought was the absolute worst. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the first one. Okay. Which is the lack of Tom Riddle memories that Dumbledore and Harry go into. Mm-hmm we don't really get as much of Tom Riddle's past as we do in the book. I mean, you get what, like two memories in the movie, I think the orphanage and then the one with Slughorn, Mm -hmm. which is insane to me because there's like eight in the book or something like that. And so 
And I actually, I have an, a separate document that actually lists every single memory and like goes into detail about them, but I'm not going to read it off to you. I just had it in case I needed to reference it. You really are a nerd, Jen. I am, but I just had it <laughs> in case make, I needed to reference it. Did you make notes like this in school? Yes. You did? Yes. And you were still just as bad as me in school? Yes. <laughs> that sucks. Because I was, I was good at English. Uh, I, and I, was just bad. I was just bad in general. I was good at English and history. I was just really bad at math and science. So, but, um, but yeah, like we don't get as much of Tom Riddle's past as we do in the book. And that's what the whole like Harry and Dumbledore lessons are supposed to be about is like, that's the portal that is going to allow them the key to beating Voldemort. The fact that they exist, how many there might be like the Horcruxes, you know, we don't get a discussion about what they are, the Horcruxes. We don't get a dis- discussion about not just why Harry lived, but also why didn't Voldemort die? Like a discussion as what they are as in like the physical thing yeah. of what they are? Or, or just what, it what means? Both. Both. Well, you kind of get it when Slughorn's talking to Tom about what it, the purpose of it is. Mm. Well, you, oh, it tells you the purpose of it. Yeah. Maybe not exactly what it is to be a Horcrux. Yeah. But I mean, like you don't get a discussion about not just why Harry lived, but why also why didn't Voldemort die? Like how he was tethered to Earth after the curse rebounded when he tried to kill Harry. Um, you don't understand anything of Riddle's background. You know, what drives him? What, what, what was his attraction to that cave where the Horcrux was? The locket. Speaking um, of speaking of the cape, real quick, it makes me think of part of the Hogwarts game. Oh, I know. <laughs> like I'm about like to the... finish my fourth playthrough. <laughs> oh my god, I need to get back into it. It's awesome. I still I still haven't finished the first one. Oh, it's awesome. <laughs> um, Sorry. Anyways, anyways, um, you don't understand, you know, his collecting of icons and objects of the founders. You know, why is that so important? That is so important to understanding the line from riddle to Voldemort you know what I mean mm-hmm. um, without all the details in the memories especially the orphanage memory I mean we have the orphanage memory in the movie but we don't have all the details from it like in the book without all the details from it Tom Bernal becomes just like this cardboard cutout you know like just evil with no substance yeah. in the book Dumbledore was less concerned about riddle being able to speak to snakes and more concerned about him being cruel to others. But in the movie, it's shown as Riddle being able to speak to snakes as like the ultimate evil, you know? I still don't fully understand why. I understand because of Salazar's Slytherin yeah. or whatever, but I just, I still don't see why that's such a bad thing. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's the whole point of what I'm saying. That's part of the point of what I'm saying is like, it wasn't in the book. It wasn't a big deal. Um, because in the books, it's explained that people other than Salazar Slytherin's line can become partial tongues. Dumbledore's a partial tongue. You well, know? But he's also, he's Dumbledore. So, I mean, <laughs> but there's, other than the Slughorn memory, um, there's no mention of Horcruxes. That's the whole, the point that Dumbledore has been working to solve is the mystery of the Horcruxes, not to figure out that the Horcrux was the mystery. You know what I mean? Like he's been trying. Say that again. The point that Dumbledore has been working to solve was the mystery of the Horcruxes. 
mm-hmm. you know, how many there were. Not that the Horcrux was the the Horcrux was the thing. Oh, does that make sense? Kind of. Yeah. So, but to take that out just kind of shifts the fundamental structure of the story, you know, because mm-hmm. it makes it seem like Dumbledore's just trying to figure out that Tom Riddle created a Horcrux. No, he knew he create Tom Riddle created a Horcrux. He's trying to figure out how many did he create, so I so he knows. What needs to be done to destroy him? How many do I need to destroy to be able to d- destroy him? Mm-hmm. That's what he's trying to figure out. So, um, but there's also no conversation about the cup, Nagini, what else could be a Horcrux, you know, something of Ravenclaw's or Gryffindor's. Mm-hmm. Um, what Harry's supposed to be working on at the end of the movie, you know, except except for the fake locket. Like there's no discussion between them of what, what he's supposed to do. And, and the other point of the memories is for Harry to understand who Voldemort is as a person to understand Voldemort's weaknesses and how to defeat him. And you don't get that in the movie. Mm -hmm. So that I, I, that is my biggest issue with the movie is they took all of that out. So you really, you don't understand, I mean, what the whole point is. Mm-hmm. I I definitely could see on a first watch through of the movie that the whole Horcrux thing wouldn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, I still don't understand how he knew to go, go to the cave. Exactly. Like, why it, it was it It explains it in the book. Yeah, I mean, in so, the movie, you have no idea why. He, they just show up after he mm-hmm. operates on a rock outside of an island. Exactly. Why exactly. did he get there? How did he get there? You know. So, that's, you know, that's my biggest issue with the movie. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so my second worst change is the sectum simpra scene between Harry and Draco mm-hmm. in the bathroom. Um, the scene itself, like the fight between them, that is cool. I like the actual fight scene between them. It's mm-hmm. the aftermath that I didn't like. For one, there's no punishment for yeah. almost killing Malfoy. Yeah. That's, that's what <laughs> I was You literally wondering. almost murder a child and nothing happens. <laughs> he's, he's the chosen one. I don't care. <laughs> like in the book, Snape... Snape's the one that shows up in the bathroom, just like in the movie. But he tells Harry, do not move. I will be right back. And he goes to take Draco to the the hospital wing. And Harry, it's like in Harry's mind, you know, like the narrative. And it's like he didn't even think, he was so panicked, like so in shock that he didn't even think to disobey what Snape said. Like he literally just stood there and waited until Snape came back. Mm-hmm. I when Snape came back, he asked Harry, because what I don't think she, it doesn't show in the book either or in the movie either. Snape invented the Sectum Sempra spell. It it alludes to it at the end of the movie. Yeah, because he tries to fight Snape, and yeah. Snape says, "How dare you use my spell against me?" Yeah. So, and so Snape knew, or he kind of has an idea of where Harry got it from his book so he asks harry to bring him all of his school books 
which is what prompts Harry to hide his potion book in the room of requirement Hmm. in the first place. And he has every intention of going back and getting it later, which he never does, which is funny to me, but he did. And so when he hides it in the room of requirement in the book, he puts it in a small cabinet next to an old bust, like a statue, and places an old tarnished tiara on the head of it. So he will be able to find it later. The tiara turns out to be Ravenclaw's diadem. Mm -hmm. A horcrux. (laughs) So that's a huge, like, just little, like, Easter egg in the book, you know? Almost like foreshadowing. Yeah. But in the movie, instead, it's like Harry just gets away with it. And Ginny just ends up taking him to the room of requirement and hides his book for him. And then they share their first kiss, which was a really weird scene in itself. Yeah. I think anything (laughs) with Ginny is a weird scene. but. the, they do, they watered down her character so much in the movie. We we talk about this almost every movie that she's in. I know. But <laughs> she was a badass in the books, honestly. I remember you saying that. So Yeah. But in but he also ends up getting detention with Snape like every Saturday for the rest of the school year. And so he doesn't end up getting to play in the Quidditch final cup or house cup game and so Ginny ends up playing seeker and they end up winning and so when he leaves his last detention with Snape and goes back to the Gryffindor common room the door opens and Ginny is so excited and so happy that she literally runs at him throws her arms around him and that's how they share their first kiss Mm. which I thought was way better (laughs) yeah that sounds a lot better so uh so I guess I'd never catch on to this with just the movies, but was Snape a genius? No, I wouldn't say like an actual genius genius, but he was a very exceptional wizard. Because he created his own spell. Like, is that a common thing in the wizarding world? I don't know, um, to be (laughs) perfectly honest, but he's very, very skilled. Um, He's definitely um, one of the top wizards to be able to i don't remember the name of it um aquamans there we go um to be able to hide his thoughts so because okay so the, oh is that like the training he does with yeah, harry okay, yeah, yeah, yeah aquamancy so an aquamans is someone that can hide their thoughts a legilimens is somebody that loses legilimency to read your thoughts so he was able to hide his thoughts from voldemort which is very, very impressive when you think about it because he was playing spy for Mm -hmm. over 17 years. It's crazy. So for him to be able to hide his thoughts for that long from someone like Voldemort, who's one of the most powerful wizards in this universe, you gotta be really fucking good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So he was very, very exceptionally skilled. Okay. Because I've never thought about it before until today. Yeah. When I realized that he said that it was his spell, that he yeah. created it. Yeah. So I just figured he was some sort of prodigy whenever he was going through school or whatever. I I don't know for sure. But I mean, yeah. he was kind of like a loner. So he probably just spent a lot of time. Have you talked about Snape? Talking about Snape, have you seen the, like, not memes, but people posting where they're like, Harry Potter movie idea or series idea. And it's like Adam driver playing like a young Snape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. I don't think he'd ever do it, but he has looks the part. I just think it'd be really cool to see 
Snape's background. Yeah. But he's Adam Driver's a American, isn't he? Mm. <laughs> I don't think that I, I think that they'll 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 stick with all British actors. Probably. Again. So Probably. I just think just like the cool. movies. All right. The next one is it's not a huge thing, but it's something that is not true to Harry's character, and that's why I added it on here. Okay. When Harry and Dumbledore are on the top of the tower when they get back from the cave and Dumbledore tells Harry to go hide because they hear somebody coming in the book Dumbledore immobilizes Harry like he freezes him and Harry's under the invisibility cloak as well Mm -hmm. so you know he couldn't do anything like that the whole that was the whole point of him being immobilized and under the invisibility cloak so he wouldn't be able to stop Snape Mm -hmm. because that was the whole plan between him and Dumbledore. So with him not being immobilized, with him being completely free to act, he could have been free to act and help Dumbledore, but he just stands by and watches. And that Mm -hmm. is not true to Harry's character at all. Yep. Like who he is as a person. Like he, he does anything he can to save someone he cares about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. One so, of the notes I made was, how was Harry so quiet Yeah, when Dumbledore died? And, like, that was the whole, like, at the end, like, that's how he knew for a fact, excuse me, for a fact that Dumbledore was really dead was because soon as Dumbledore died, the charm of the immob- immobilization charm lifts off of him. So that's how he knew that Dumbledore was really dead. Mm-hmm. So... I sure, I really didn't like it. I just thought it was really stupid, to be perfectly yeah. honest. <laughs> but and then also cutting out Dumbledore's funeral. I I can't believe they did that. <laughs> Instead, all we get is them ra- raising their wands to the to the sky. Yeah. You know, I mean, this time, was time constraints. <laughs> but here's my thing: like this was Harry's last protector, his father figure, basically. Dumbledore was a literary titan, an icon, not just in the Harry Potter series, in literature. (laughs) He has become a literary icon. And you're going to cut his funeral from the film? (laughs) The scene in the book was just so visual and so well written that I just, oh, I was just so heartbroken that it wasn't in in the movie. Yeah. So. I've never experienced it, so I don't know how good it is. Yeah. One of these (laughs) days, I'm going to make you read at least this book, if not the entire series. It's going to take me three months to read it. That's okay. (laughs) I'll wait three months. Um, And my final worst change is Harry's last line in the movie. How he just says, I forgot how beautiful this place was. What the fuck? Dumbledore just died. And you're going to sit there and talk about how beautiful a place is? <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just so stupid to me. Yeah. And in the book, at the end of the book, Harry's telling Ron, they're, they're at, you know, sitting, standing there talking. And he's telling Ron and Hermione that he's going to go back to the Dursleys one more time 
until his 17th birthday. And then he's going to be heading out to hunt down all the Horcruxes. And Ron tells him that they'll be with him. And Harry tries to tell him no. And Hermione responds, you said to us once before that there was time to turn back if we wanted to. We've had time, haven't we? Oh, I love that line. Mm-hmm. And then Ron says, we're with you, whatever happens. And then he tells Harry he has to go back to the borough one last time before setting out for Bill and Flora's wedding. And this is just so beautiful to me. This is like something that Harry was thinking. He said, the idea that anything as normal as a wedding could still exist seemed incredible and yet wonderful. In spite of everything, in spite of the dark and twisting path he saw stretching ahead of himself, in spite of the final meeting with Voldemort he knew must come, whether in a month, in a year, or in ten, he felt his heart lift at the thought that there was still one last golden day of peace left to enjoy with Ron and Hermione. What not that so much better than, I forgot how beautiful this place was. Yeah. <laughs> that would have made a lot better of an <laughs> Even just him and Hermione saying, like, we're with you, you know? Mm-hmm. So. I agree. So, yeah. So that was my best and worst. Are you proud I'm, that I didn't have 50 yes, million? I'm very proud of you. It only it only <laughs> took about 20 minutes, which I was not expecting it. <laughs> I did my best. I was thinking of you when I did it. <laughs> Good job, Yinny. So. Good job. All right. I've been talking forever, so you start out the next yes. one. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, now I can finally chime in since now I know a little more. Um, so next thing, you know, it's talking a little bit more about magic. Mm-hmm. And this one, it's not necessarily a big thing. <laughs> I just think it was like cool and funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. But in the in the library scene, I just think it's so funny that Hermione's putting out the books and she just goes, eh. mm. and it just floats Have you ever up seen the behind the scenes away. of that? <laughs> no. It's like people with, like, you know how, like, when you're, they do, like, the green screen, if somebody has to be in the green screen, but they're going to take them out, they, like, wear, like, the green mm-hmm. screen suit. Yeah. It's somebody wearing a green screen arm on the other side of the thing, reaching out and grabbing it and pulling it in. <laughs> That's, That's how funny. they did it. That's funny. So, um, but like I said, it's not not anything big. I just think mm-hmm. it was funny how the books just know where to go and they just float yeah. up and they go away. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually made a list, a few. I had a, list a couple of a few too. Things. I, I didn't have uh, just one for this either. <laughs> I thought it was really cool how they, whenever Harry and Dumbledore go into the like the the tower, and they're talking about going to find the Horcrux, whatever, and, and Dumbledore says, "Grab my arm," and Harry mm-hmm. goes. I thought we weren't supposed to operate in the in Hogwarts. And he goes, well, being me. <laughs> Talking about Dumbledore. And it's like, mm-hmm. how cool can you be to be like, I change the rules when yeah. I want. <laughs> so in the book, they actually walk the trail all the way down to Hogsmeade and then operate from Hogsmeade. Well, that's lame. Yeah. I like the movie better for that one. And then when they you come back. Kept, you should have put that into sorry. your best movie change. <laughs> when they come back, they operate back to Hogsmeade and then use brooms that Madame Rosemerta and the three broomsticks had and fly back to Hogwarts from Hogsmeade and land on the top of the tower. All there. injured and everything. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's just shows how Dumbledore is such a badass when he's in the cave and it's just that freaking tornado 
fire that he oh, throws out. Yeah, I love that. In the movie. I thought that was awesome. I actually didn't have that on one of my best magic moments, but I think it is a really good mm-hmm. moment. Like getting Harry's point had, of view. This movie just had a lot of magic in it. Like they just do a lot of magic in this movie. Yeah. Like, that, and I love watching. Like I, That's what I love about it. Like that's one of the little small little things that I love to see is just them doing magic. Mm-hmm. It's just really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so did you have any more? Okay. Um, my first one that I actually mentioned in my first best change was the Raxperts through Luna's glasses. I love that. I just think it's so cool. And it just kind of proves that she's not a complete psycho. Like she's still a little loony. She says is real. (laughs) (laughs) Um, the cursed necklace scene with Katie Bell, Mm -hmm. when she like flies up in the air, and like I she's thought about just putting getting that like on there. thrown all around and flies down. That was just a really cool, the way they did it, like the effects of it was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the Felix Felicis effects and how it's depicted in the movie. It, so in the book, it's more of like, it kind of just enhances your, your abilities that you already have. Basically it doesn't like, do as much like in the book or in the movie mm-hmm. but Daniel Radcliffe did so good in that. Mm-hmm. his acting was so good in that whole sequence yep. I just loved it I'm gonna talk about that later also so <laughs> uh, I also made a note I said who's Felix the liquid like, was, luck no I know that I was saying oh. who's Felix oh. like <laughs> is Felix <laughs> is Felix someone in the, I think, in the world that created a potion because he was lucky like <laughs> i want to say that i'm looking it up but i want to say that it was the name of the person i don't actually know i don't think it was the name of the person um i'm trying to find it of who created it it was made by uh, Zygmunt Budge in the 16th century. What the fuck? Felix is a better name than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, very All right, well, odd name. I guess Felix doesn't matter then. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a couple small little ones that I thought were just really cool looks was the design of the potion book like the Half-Blood Prince book. It was just really cool to be able to see how it actually looked after reading about it so much in the book. You know what I mean? Like, just the way they designed it was just really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like You mean, like, all the little doodles yeah, and stuff like that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cleaning up Slughorn's house at the beginning of the movie, the way that Dumbledore does it. Mm-hmm. I just loved watching everything flying around, and that just mm-hmm. was a really cool moment. I, I had a question about that, about that scene that... Slughorn asks Dumbledore, like, how did you know? And Dumbledore points and he says, dragon's blood. Mm -hmm. How the fuck does dragon's blood mean Slughorn? I don't know. I don't know because in the movie, or in the book, excuse me, he actually says the way that he knew that it wasn't Death Eaters that came, that it was Slughorn did this, was that there was no dark mark above the house. And Slughorn actually says, I knew I forgot something. And it's like, this guy would have would have actually gone to the extent <laughs> to do that. <laughs> so 
So, yeah. I mean, they couldn't have told it was him just because his feet were poking out. I know. In the movie? Like... I love that. <laughs> Come on, dude. I love that. Um, and then the last one was the unbreakable vow effect between Narcissa and Snape. Mm-hmm. Just the effect, like the seeing the marks on their hands when they let go, mm-hmm. like the the marks that le- it left on their hands. That was just really cool. A really cool look, you know. Mm-hmm. So I really like you. That. You like anything that's almost like a tattoo. Well, I mean, I've got fourteen <laughs> of them, so you know. I know. I know. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm halfway caught up to you. You have seven. I think so. Wow, I didn't know that. He's counting them. Yeah, seven. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I got more Good than you job. think. They're all little, but <laughs> most of mine are small too. <laughs> okay. Um, well, speaking of tattoos, you could think that's a bad thing, which leads us into the bad adult moment of the movie. <laughs> Good job there. Did you like that little segue? That was good, wasn't it? Um, uh, one that kind of pissed me off is mm-hmm. at the borough. If if Harry is the chosen one and everything's happening and they know Lord Voldemort is returning, mm-hmm. how the fuck are they not watching him and letting him run out a front door? <laughs> like, everyone is there. Like, okay. Lock him up in a fucking room. I have a lot like, to say about that scene later but i mean yeah it just doesn't make sense to me no not at all Um, and and one you'd think there'd be way more protection charms on that house yeah but we'll get to that later um (laughs) also i have a few of these also by the way i Um, actually only have one towards the beginning like the test for the first like potions class they're making Mm -hmm. some fucking vial or pot that one drop will kill people like (laughs) the fuck like how is this not like a eighth year senior type thing that two people? How is do? it? How is it not? How is it allowed in school to begin well, with? Obviously that, but I'm just saying like <laughs> this is the first class we see, and you're making this. I think that's hilarious. Um, and then this last one I have, I know that it has to be done for the story and the progression through the movie and da 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 da. But mm-hmm. why would Dumbledore use Harry? To help him go destroy the Horcrux. What do you mean? When they go to the cave to destroy the Horcrux? Why would he have to use Harry? Why wouldn't he? There's no one else that's powerful enough to help him do it? I know Harry's the chosen one and everything like that, but why does Harry have to be the one to go help him? Plot. Well, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Besides the story moving... But, like, as the headmaster, as Harry's fatherly figure and everything else, why couldn't he get a powerful aura or someone to, to accompany him? I don't think he trusted anyone, to be perfectly honest. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. I mean, like, why did it have to be Harry? I don't know. I don't that's have an answer like, for you. Harry almost <laughs> died. He almost drowned because of you. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I actually only have one bad adult moment and it was really hard for me to pick one um in general like there wasn't like a whole bunch that i had and it had to narrow down like i Mm -hmm. i could not figure out any of them anything that i wanted to pick like it took me a really long time to just pick anything um but i picked one from the movie and it was dumbledore's first appearance in the movie when he wants harry to go with him to slughorns and he says 
do as I say. I hate that line. It is so out of character for Dumbledore and it's such a bad line. (laughs) In the book, Dumbledore actually sends a letter to Harry like a week or two in advance to tell him that Harry will be going to the borough to spend the rest of the summer there and that Dumbledore will be escorting him there. And he asks Harry in the letter for his help with a situation, which is persuading Dumbledore. That is what Dumbledore would do. That is what the character would do. Not mm. do as I say. Like, it just, <laughs> I just, I hated it. I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't like it. <laughs> I just thought it was one of the worst lines this series has as in movies. So maybe. Um, what was your good adult moment? This one, I only have one of these. Uh, Me too. It, I, I, it's not necessarily a good moment. It's more of a dad doesn't want to be awkward type moment, but I just thought it was funny <laughs> that during during the holiday scene when they're at the borough and Ginny walks in and sits next to Harry. And you see Arthur? Is that his name? Arthur? Mm-hmm. Arthur's just like, all right, I'm, I'm going to leave now. <laughs> Gets up. <laughs> like, you can just see it. Like, it's yes. like that, like the dad, like, wanting to give them space but also he's like i don't want to see this that's my daughter and he just like gets out i love arthur i just thought i just thought that part was funny because it was just like all right see you later guys i'm gonna (laughs) that's so cute and then of course ron comes in and cock blocks that's so funny to me (laughs) it cracks me up every time i see it um my good adult moment was actually one from the book i chose one from the book not the movie in the beginning of the book, when Dumbledore goes to pick up Harry from the Dursleys before they go to Slughorn, he actually goes and sits, goes into the Dursleys' house and has a conversation with them. And he basically is lecturing them on neglecting Harry his entire life. And it's kind of a really important moment. And it also kind of shows you the warmth that Dumbledore has for Harry by calling these people out. Yeah. And it kind of has some funny moments. Like Vernon starts out like, I don't mean to be rude. And Dumbledore goes, yet sadly, accidental rudeness occurs alarmingly often. That's to say nothing at all, my dear man. <laughs> and then he goes, I would assume that you were going to offer me refreshment, but the evidence so far suggests that that would be optimistic to the point of foolishness. <laughs> Just calling them out politely. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, he, you know, they finally sit down and all this and he goes, he goes over Sirius's will um, Harry was left Grimmauld Place, a re- quote-unquote reasonable amount of gold, all of Sirius's personal possessions, and Creature, Sirius's house elf. And that's when Harry decides to order. Elf. Yeah, he orders Creature to go to work, go work in the Hogwarts k- kitchen. Um, but there's this really great moment also where Dumbledore tells the Dursleys. Um, you have never treated Harry as a son. He has known nothing but neglect and often cruelty at your hands. And I just really, really like that moment because it just basically is saying like, you were supposed to be his family. Yeah. It says you did not do as I asked. You have never treated Harry as a son. He has known nothing but neglect and often cruelty at your hands. The best thing that can be said is that he has at least escaped the appalling damage you have inflicted upon the unfortunate boy sitting between you. Talking about Dudley. <laughs> yeah. 
the little so, idiot. <laughs> but I just really liked that, you know, he's sticking up for Harry and calling these people out because they've been so terrible to him all his life. So, yeah, that was my moment. That's a good one. So, best character. Who's your favorite of this one? I think mine's going to be the same as yours. Are you able to do, or do you have different ones for like book and movie, or is it the same? No. So, for best character, I did, it's really hard for me to pick one from the book, because I just, I don't really have one, a favorite one from the book. <laughs> okay. So, I really just picked from the movie. Mm-hmm. Is it, yeah. is it Lucky Harry? No. Oh, okay. So we don't have the same one? We might. I have two people on here. Okay. <laughs> I I picked Slughorn. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I put I put Slughorn and Lucky Harry. Just because oh, Slughorn, Slughorn he's just so like ditzy and clueless, unless it's about potions. Uh, yeah. And I love <laughs> one of my favorite things about him is how he keeps calling Ron the wrong name. <laughs> <laughs> That's something that you and I have quoted for years. <laughs> yes. I wrote it down. Hold on. It was the part where he said... When they're in the... <laughs> Good to see you, Wallenby. Yeah, in the three broomsticks. <laughs> me, me and the three broomsticks go way back. I remember, I remember when, when it was, it was one, one broomstick. <laughs> uh, yeah, but and Sl- Slughorn was... Honorable mention, though, I think this is probably the best Rupert Grant movie. Of the entire series. That's Ron, right? Yes. I was like, I, I think remember it's his, the weird name. I think it's his best movie of the entire series. As the actor, not the character, the actor. Like his acting. <laughs> you still don't like Ron. No, I love Ron. I, I do. I no, just like I like him better in the Ron. book. Yes. But the acting mm-hmm. is probably his best in this movie out of all of them. Mm-hmm. He's just great in it. Yep. So. I just good to see you, Wallenby. <laughs> it just makes me laugh every time. And then the, the part dentist. with Lucky Harry. No, the part with the dentist oh. story with Slughorn is great. Is it a dangerous profession? <laughs> it cracks me. And the fact that Harry's just sitting there next to Hermione with this little smirk on his face, like <laughs> he just thinks it's hilarious. That's one thing I was to say about this movie as a whole is that it shows the teenage part of everything. Oh yeah. Like that part you just said, or hold on, the part where they're all celebrating Ron mm -hmm. and he starts making out with, I don't know, what's her name? Lavender. Which, weird name, by the way. Um, (laughs) Lavender Brown. (laughs) Lavender, that's weird. Lavender sounds like a millennial parrot named her as like a unique (laughs) name. But, (laughs) but, uh. You, you see, like, in that in that scene, Hermione, like, of course, gets jealous and, like, runs mm-hmm. away or whatever. But you see Harry, he's like, yeah. Like, <laughs> he's all excited for his friend and everything. Well, see, one of the things that I will say is the – I don't remember if – I think it was the director. David Yates took over the series – I want to say at Order of the Phoenix. Might have okay. been Half-Blood Prince, but I think it was at Order of the Phoenix. And he, cont- he finished out the series. Mm-hmm. And he even directed the – Fantastic Beasts movies too. But one thing that he was really, really good at was bringing out the British boarding school aspect. Like he mm-hmm. nailed that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of on, you know, kudos yeah. to David Yates for that one. Yeah. <laughs> this one, not only does this movie start to show the darker side of stuff mm-hmm. or like the trend to the darker side, mm-hmm. but it also shows the difference of their ages Yeah, from the previous movies. Yeah. 
the previous movies, it was all like awkward and like little Order kid and whatever. Of, Order was kind of like dipping your toes into it a mm-hmm. little bit, but this yeah. one really was like deep dive into it. Yeah. <laughs> you like, know? That was a freaking like frat party. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the goalies making out with some hot chick on the table. Like, what, what's going on here? <laughs> yes. Uh, but I also, I, I put Lucky Harry on here also. Because not just Harry Potter, but whatever he took the luck. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, and the pincers. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite laugh. parts. <laughs> it just made me laugh also. And how Slughorn just like didn't care. He wasn't sentimental at all. He's like, Hagrid, mm-hmm. do you do you mind? <laughs> oh, yeah. He doesn't do that in the book, actually. He like does it secretly to where Hagrid doesn't and, know what he's doing. <laughs> and when he breaks off the one little leg, he's like, oh. <laughs> and then puts it underneath. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was That's just great. funny. It was, pro- pro- was great. Pro- uh, I can't speak. Professor Slughorn was my favorite overall, for sure. Is that whiskey and coke getting to you now? I mean, I've only had a few sips, but I put about like <laughs> almost three ounces of whiskey in this one. Um, worst character. I've alluded to this already. Mm-hmm. And anytime that I see her, I'm going to say this, but it's Ginny. I just don't like her character in the movies. She's just so awkward with everything. Oh, I know. Everything. And like in the, the rumor crime, she's like, close your eyes. Like, <laughs> Why do you have to whisper that to him? I know. You're the only people there in a cathedral sized room. <laughs> but I did like how, like I said, getting into that teenage romance and everything mm-hmm. else, how she was like, I could stay hidden up here if you want. And if she I had said, I was... that can stay hidden up here if you want. No, she said I can too. No, she said that can too. I, I remember her saying I can in the movies. She says that can too. Anyways. So meaning their kiss. Well, I heard I can. And I was just like, ooh, Jenny, get a little kinky here. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like oh. freaking all, all American rejects, dirty little secret over here. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Um, I chose Dumbledore. For my worst character. Really? For not still not telling Harry the entire truth of everything. I have a really big problem with that. <laughs> so. I, And again, this kind of goes back to understanding it's for the plot, for the movie, whatever. But one, Harry could have known everything by now. Or two, Harry could have already died multiple times by now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the movie, whenever he's trying to fight Snape. Why didn't they just fucking capture him and take him to Voldemort? Yeah. He was already laying on the ground. Yeah. He wasn't getting up. Just fucking take him. And he, Snape tells Bellatrix, he's like, he's he belongs to the, the Dark Lord or whatever he said. Mm-hmm. Well, fucking take him to him then and get the shit over with. Him. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, man. I don't know. So did your winner, is your winner the same as the best character? Probably. Mine is. No. I mean, you just got to you got to give it to him. Yes. <laughs> Mainly the actor Jim Broadband that played Slughorn. He just really pulled that off, really great. Mm-hmm. Which you know, that's the same guy that played the Archmaster in Game of Thrones mm-hmm. at the Citadel when Samwell goes yeah. to the Citadel. Yeah, you told me. You told me that. I want to say probably a couple weeks ago or something recently. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's almost unrecognizable because it's, he looks so different. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he Slughorn definitely made this movie just because of his 
like I feel like it's unintentional like comic relief Mm -hmm. but it it just for me made the movie he actually his character really wasn't as comedic in the book he was actually more of like an annoying kind of character like not I don't want to say like annoying annoying but kind of like a like Harry tries to get out of going to his like slug club parties and stuff Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't want to be there, but in the movie he's like all for it. Well, he's all for it because Dumbledore wants him to. Well, he does in the book too, but Harry still doesn't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. All right, so our categories are over. I feel like this is your favorite part um, of the episode. It kind of is because I kind of get to like really I'm geek out. I got ever. <laughs> Sorry. You're such a dork. <laughs> I get to like really geek out about this story in okay. this section. The details I can't not talk about. I mean, you geek out in general. Yeah, but... but you know. <laughs> All right. So the first one I have is the very first chapter of the book was cut out. This The opening scene of the book was cut out of the movie, which I get this. I get why they did it because of time constraints and all that. And this was something you could leave out. But it was just a really cool opening chapter. It was with Fudge, Scrimgeour, and the Prime Minister of Britain. And it was just a really brilliant chapter. Like, it was like Fudge coming in and updating the Prime Minister and letting him know, like, what's been going on. And then that Fudge had been fired and that Scrimgeour's the new guy. And then Scrimgeour comes in and, like, they have this whole conversation, like, it's just really cool, like, to mm-hmm. see, like, the wizarding world and the muggle world interact. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the, the thing that I don't like about not having it in the movie is we ended the last movie with Voldemort invading the Ministry of Magic, the literal building. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now we're starting the, mov- the next movie with no update on the Ministry and what happened after that. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. What did Fudge do after he saw Voldemort and went, he's back? (laughs) You know, how did he end up getting fired? How did Scrimgeour take over? Like, we know none of that. Mm -hmm. So it would have been nice to just kind of have some kind of info, you know? Yeah. So talking about the like Wizarding World and Muggle World, like, like coming together, whatever, in the opening scene of the movie, Mm-hmm. When it's like that bridge scene, mm-hmm. like, does that not, like, how does that get explained to muggles? So, well, I don't know how I got explained to the muggles, but I do know that in the book that actually the bridge does come down and it's explained as like a faulty, a faulty bridge. I don't know. I remember how, but it, well, yeah, I know that know, it would be explained like Fudge that, but I'm just Scrimger saying, tell them that it was actually, you know, death eaters. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but also I like that, you know, the chapter title is called the other minister. So it kind of makes you think that the other minister is going to be how Fudge is referring to the prime minister, Mm -hmm. but the chapter is actually in the prime minister's point of view. So it's actually how he is referring to Fudge. Yeah. So it's just kind of cool, you know? Um, I did reference this earlier in this the episode about the opening scene in the movie with Harry flirting with the girl. Mm-hmm. 
I'm sorry, that's just really weird to me. <laughs> because his godfather just died. And he's just out here just trying to get laid. I mean, he's trying to cope. <laughs> I just thought it was an odd choice. I mean, like I said, I mean, it works is... for the movie. I just thought it was an odd choice. He is a teenager. Yeah. You know, juices are flowing. Yeah. Like, there's one yeah. way to get something off your mind. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the scene in Spinner's End with Snape, Bellatrix, and Narcissa, where they do the unbreakable vow, mm-hmm. that was in the book. Um, but what we didn't get in the movie was... You know how in the mo- in the movie Snape says your sister doubts me. And then he says something like, you know, I understand why I played my part well, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. In the book, it actually has this whole thing where like Bellatrix asks, "Where were you when the Dark Lord fell? Why did you never make any attempt to find him when he vanished? What have you been doing all these years that you've lived in Dumbledore's pocket? Why did you stop the Dark Lord from procuring the sorcerer's stone?" Why did you not return at once when the Dark Lord was reborn? Where were you before a few weeks ago when we battled to retrieve the prophecy? And why, Snape, is Harry Potter still alive when you have had him at your mercy for five years? And Snape actually goes in order and answers all of these questions for her. And it was just really cool to hear all of his... Because he's kind of a smartass, too. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like, all right, but, fucker, listen. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Especially like in the end when he's talking about, you know, like, why didn't you return at once when Voldemort came back? And he's like, I didn't. I came back two hours later on Dumbledore's orders. She's like, why would you come back on Dumbledore's? And he's like, think, by waiting two hours, I ensured that I could remain at Hogwarts as a spy. Because he's trying to make them think that he's still on Voldemort's side. So he's like, Mm -hmm. by allowing Dumbledore to think that I was only returning to the Dark Lord's side because I was ordered to... And then he goes on to explain, you know, so yeah, it's just really cool to get all of that information, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, another thing that I really, really love in that scene specific was that wasn't in the book was Narcissa saying he's just a boy when she's mm-hmm. talking about Draco. It's so similar to in order when Molly says that about Harry to Sirius He's just a boy. It just kind of shows the similarities between Draco and Harry. There's two boys that are just caught up in something so much bigger than themselves. Mm -hmm. You know? So I really like that. And either way, whatever side of the the fight they're on, they're still a mother. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So um, do you remember when we first opened the episode and I was explaining like why... I wasn't a big fan of the movie because I said like there are certain things that they changed that changed the character of each person. Mm-hmm. So this is one of them. When Harry and Dumbledore are going to Slughorn's house and Dumbledore asks or says, I'm sure you're wondering why I've brought you here. And Harry responds, actually, sir, after all these years, I just sort of go with it. Mm hmm. That is so not something Harry would actually say. (laughs) That's kind of on the line of that do as I say line. You know, like the bad, it's bad. Because it's just very, 
non-characteristic of Harry. You know, he's always wanted the truth from Dumbledore. He's been resentful towards Dumbledore for so long for not giving him the truth. So it just kind of fundamentally misses the point of Harry's character in their relationship. So mm-hmm. I just thought it was kind of dumb. Um, I have a question. I want to know if you've ever thought this too. I didn't do it. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't Harry recognize his own teacher's handwriting in the Half-Blood Prince textbook? I, I would never... Your teacher never wrote on the blackboard growing when you were in school? Yeah, but I wouldn't notice so that as a you... teenager. I don't know. I've just always thought about that. <laughs> You're saying <laughs> when you were 16 years old, you would have noticed your teacher's handwriting? I don't know. No. I don't know. No way. I just. I no way. Know. I don't know. That was just something I always no. thought about. No way that happens. Um. I know we kind of talked about it, but the teen angst and the teen romance in this movie are just top notch. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like the in the beginning when Ron points out that Hermione has a bit of toothpaste on her mouth. Um, and then like when she's, you know, in Slughorn's class, when she's telling the class, like how the love potion smells differently to each person and she depending on what attracts them. And the mm-hmm. first thing she lists out is smearmint toothpaste. So it's just kind of a callback to that moment, you know? Well, talking to um, that real quick, she says freshly mown grass. Does anyone hate, in her class know what that is? I, <laughs> I hate the smell of freshly mowed grass. Really? Yeah. It's okay. I like I the smell it. of gasoline more. That's weird. It's a guy thing. I guess. No, I'm, I'm serious. It's a guy thing. <laughs> ask, ask a guy if he likes the smell of gas and he'll say Yes. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh, that's funny. Um, I like Ron's like swagger that he has when he's telling Harry about his relationship with Lavender. And he's like, it's chemical. (laughs) (laughs) Like talking about how Hermione being angry. And he's like, I'm a free agent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's actually in the book, too. So but I like the way that Rupert Grant portrayed that, you know, like he just Mm -hmm. he does that like confidence really well. And the other thing that he portrayed really well was like the way that he acts after he ingests the love potion. Mm-hmm. He, I love that scene. <laughs> I think it's great. Um, this was the, the next two are bad changes, but not bad enough for me to list them on my worst changes. Okay. One was not introducing floor in this movie as Bill's fiance. Okay. Um, so, you know, she was in goblet of fire Mm-hmm. And that in the books, that's where she met Bill because Bill actually came to Hogwarts to watch Harry in the tournament. So in the books, she ends up moving to England to work at Gringotts and be with him. And then, but in the movies after the tournament, she disappears until Deathly Hallows where she shows up marrying him. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. It's like, how the fuck did this happen? Yeah. You know? So I just don't really, I don't understand it, you know, mm-hmm. and then blowing up the burrow. What, what was the fucking point? Why wasn't it protected? <laughs> Why'd they do it to begin with? Cause that's where Harry stays. Where I Harry mean, lives when he's not at Hogwarts. 
why did the borough not have any security charms on it? And one, why is everyone just standing around afterwards and not doing anything to put the fire out? Like, you're yeah. fucking witches and wizards. You could fix this summon, in, like, five seconds. Summon wind. <laughs> get water. Like, I don't understand. They're in a swamp, and there's waters nearby. <laughs> they could use I the water. I don't understand it at all. <laughs> it's so weird to me. <laughs> so, um... Another thing that they left out that I didn't like, but not bad enough to put on my worst change was in the book when Harry is on his way to Dumbledore's office after he gets the final memory from Slughorn, he runs into Professor Trelawney and they kind of have this weird conversation somehow and somehow it's revealed that Snape was the one that revealed the prophecy to Voldemort back in the day. Like okay. he overheard Trelawney giving the prophecy, the original, t- the original prophecy to Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And he ran to Voldemort and told him. And he, Harry gets all pissed off about it because he you know, obviously yeah, runs to Dumbledore's office and he blows up at Dumbledore. And they have this like huge fight and like he's like trashing Dumbledore's office, like throwing shit around. <laughs> and they have this really big conversation about, you know, why Dumbledore trusts Snape. Of course he doesn't tell him the real reason, but you know, so Mm -hmm. I think that's something that should have been included in the movies. Yeah. You know, Um, I think it is kind of said in the very end of Deathly Hallows 2 when Harry watches Snape's memories but, I don't remember. I'd have yeah. to watch it again. Yeah, I don't remember either. So, um, and then I have like two, two mm-hmm. or three more. Um, so in the book, when Harry and Dumbledore are gone at the cave, there's actually a battle going on at the school with the DA and the Order fighting the Death Eaters. The Wait, whole time. Say that again? While Harry and Dumbledore are at the cave, uh-huh. there actually is like a battle going on at the school between okay. the Order of the Phoenix and the DA and uh-huh. the Dumble and the excuse me and the Death Eaters. They're fighting the Death Eaters as they're trying to get to the tower to meet Dumbledore. Like because so what they're doing is like in the beginning, one of the Death Eaters snuck up to the top of the tower real quick to set off the dark mark above the tower, so that would trigger Dumbledore to return right there mm-hmm. immediately. So, so that he, you know, Draco could come up there and do his thing or whatever. And then he went back down, and like there's a whole battle between them, and so like you miss like, you know, the whole thing, and so instead you just get. Harry and Dumbledore apparating straight to the top of the tower for basically no reason at all. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. But it was like a really great battle scene too. Like, and like there was, Harry ended up having a little bit of liquid luck left. So he gave it to Ron, Hermione and Ginny to share between them. And like, that's basically what saved everybody during the battle too, because they the Death Eaters were fire, firing off killing curses left and right. Yeah. And it was just missing them by like inches, you know? Mm-hmm. So 
And then um, one thing I noticed was, you know how I said that at the end of the movie, they, instead of doing the whole like Ron and Hermione telling Harry that they'll be there, it was just Harry's stupid line. Mm-hmm. Cutting that out cuts the sentiment of their friendship but the way that they ended up filming that scene instead was already kind of setting up Ron's abandonment in Deathly Hallows. Because he's staying in the background of the scene the entire time. Okay. And even in a lot of the Deathly Hallows part one scenes, he's lurking in the background. He's not included in a lot of it. He's just kind of in the background watching. Yeah. So it's kind of already like starting to set up his departure. It's just a little bit of foreshadowing. Yeah. So I just really, I, I, I kind of like that they do that, you know, yeah. kind of setting it up for that. But I still don't like the last scene. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, so. I got a few things real quick. Okay. And these are kind of just dumb. A couple of them are just dumb questions. Uh, whenever they're looking in the little memory water thing. The pensive. Do they have to hold their breath? I have no idea. That's a long breath. (laughs) I'd like to know that too. um, Also, another one. How did they find out about the vanishing cabinet in the room requirement? Do we know that? No. Because they... they... (laughs) Have you never thought of that? So... Okay. Do you have to think so, about it? <laughs> yes. All right. So I'm going off the book. Okay. In the books, there was a character, a Slytherin character that, because, you know, Fred and George knew about the room of requirement too, mm-hmm. long before Harry did. They actually threw a Slytherin into the room of requirement and basically stuffed him into the vanishing cabinet. Mm-hmm. Just because the, he was being a dick. And he got stuck in the vanishing cabinet for a couple of days because it was broken. Mm-hmm. So he was like in between Hogwarts and Borgen and Burks because it made a passage to Ber- Borgen and Burks. Mm-hmm. And he got stuck between them. That sounds horrifying. So I know. So that's how Draco found out about it was by that Slytherin that got stuck in it. Doesn't really explain that in the movie. (laughs) Not at all. He just goes (laughs) in the room requirement. He's like, and in the book, it is not shown that Harry knows that's what Draco's trying to do. Mm -hmm. Like he knows that Draco's trying to fix something that he's he's working on something, but and but he doesn't know what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, so just kind of introducing the vanishing cabinet right away in the movie was just kind of like. All right, because it's kind of no. like a, a point of obsession almost for Harry in the book. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So. Okay. Um, the little professor that does choir. Flitwick. Does he have any per- any other purpose or is it literally just choir? So if you remember the very first movie, he actually looked a lot different. Mm-hmm. He looked really old with like long gray like hair. A yeah. So... He actually, they, it was weird. Like they ended up like one movie, they had him first movie. They had him look like that. And then in another movie, they had him look like he does now, but they said he was like the 
choir teacher or whatever. They ended up just kind of combining them. <laughs> okay. So he's the charms teacher also. Mm. I've never known so, that. So I was yeah. just wondering. Yeah. Um, since Draco used Expelliarmus on Dumbledore, is he the true master of the Elder Wand right now at this moment? Mm-hmm. Or is it Snape because Snape killed him? Mm-mm. It's whoever disin- who disarms or defeats. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's, that's explained th- in the final movie. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just couldn't remember. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, Dumbledore calls Bellatrix by name. Mm-hmm. Did Death Eaters go to Hogwarts? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I, I've never heard any oh, of this. Yeah. So yeah. I was wondering, actually, like, one of the did memories... he know her before or just know her yeah. as a Death Eater? And actually, one of the memories that... Um, that was in the movie or not in the movie in the book excuse me was um like 10 years or so 10 or 10 or 12 years after Voldemort or Tom Riddle graduates from Hogwarts he actually comes back and asks Dumbledore for a job to teach at Hogwarts Mm -hmm. and Dumbledore refuses obviously um, but he makes a comment about, you know, your friends down in the hogshead um, that I know are there. Like, and he basically makes a point of saying, like, they're like the first Death Eaters. He didn't actually say that, but I mean, that's what he's alluding to. Yeah. And like all of the friend, the quote unquote friends that he had in school became basically the first Death Eaters. Gotcha. So. Okay. And then my last question. Why did Bellatrix burn Hagrid's house? Yes. What was the purpose of that? I don't know. Just because she's a bad person? Yeah. It doesn't happen in the book because she's not in the book after the beginning. Hmm. Okay. Uh, you know like why? I said, why? If you think, I mean, if you believe that this is canon, which I don't, she's busy having a baby. Voldemort's baby. Really? If you go by Cursed Child, hmm. the play, mm-hmm. she had Voldemort's baby. And that would be right around the time she was having it. Would be was, a curse, Prince. was a Cursed Child written by... No. Did J.K. Rowling even acknowledge Cursed Prince? Yes. She has supposedly said it is... She approves it and it's quote-unquote canon, but no fans really believe that. I don't think. I mean, there might be some, but I don't believe. Because hmm. there's okay. no way those characters would really behave that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Alrighty. But, but, yeah. So, I did it in one episode. I'm so proud of you, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> I was really thinking that you were going to make make us do two episodes for this one. <laughs> it was close. <laughs> It was close. But we say this every time, but it was a very fun one. It was. <laughs> it was. Um, I would normally just go into our regular next episode preview, but I want to, I will do that, but I also want to give fans, or not fans, <laughs> I don't know if we have fans, any Maybe. potential listeners, <laughs> um, a warning. Um, 
this is our scheduled next episode, but if you tune into the next episode and it's something else, that's because Troy's wife could pop it any day, any day now. Yep. (laughs) We are getting to that time where we are preparing hospital bags and (laughs) getting everything ready because we just don't know. Yes. Uh, He technically isn't due for pretty much almost another month, which is insane Mm -hmm. because- Jelly looks like she's about to pop. The yes. baby is very low. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's probably going to be first week of December. Yeah. So, so and we'll, we'll see. We're supposed to record again in like two weeks for this next episode. It's a, right now we're supposed to be doing the moon landing, which mm-hmm. Troy doesn't believe in. Well, I haven't confirmed <laughs> yet. There's... Which, by possibility. the way, I think Pam wants to be on this episode. I talked to her about either doing this one or just the conspiracy theory episodes, mm-hmm. or episode, and I think she wanted to do this one with us. Okay. So, Bring it on. Come on, Pammy. If you guys tune into the next episode and it's not about the moon landing, then that's because Troy's wife went into labor and I had to find somebody else to do a different episode with me. So it'll be a different topic. And then... It'll everything will kind of be up in the air as of topics until Troy comes back from paternity leave, <laughs> which I got approved for more leave from work. By the way, oh, so that's good. good. Yeah, I'm excited. That's good. So, so yes, wish me luck. Uh, if I don't talk to you next episode, yeah. yeah. Um, if I do, then wish me luck on the next one. We'll just go from there every we'll time. Just keep going. But, <laughs> but looking forward to it. Looking forward to the episode because the moon landing will be fun. Also looking forward to having a second baby because that would also be fun. Yes. It's going to be hard, but it'll be fun. So. All right. So, yeah. All righty, guys. Well, Jen, appreciate it again. Everyone, thanks for listening, tuning in. Uh, Check us out on socials. We mentioned earlier that we do have new video clips going up now. Mm -hmm. So if there are any good ones from this, which I'm sure Jenny has a couple of them at least. I'm sure. Uh, will she'll have that up so comment comment give us a like you know do whatever and we'll see you on the next one have a good night guys <laughs>